Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. In this episode, we're going to be talking about is it wrong to remove content? If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, you can always watch me live at saynotorage.com. Come to the YouTube channel, hit subscribe and the bell button to not miss content. Support me directly by clicking the join button, or you can go to Patreon, go to sntrpresents.com. That'll take you to the Patreon if you want to support me uh, directly. And so... We're going to be walking through this discussion mainly because when I did my DCV video the other day with the new information that came out, I was actually kind of surprised. Uh, I don't I don't know if I can ever really be surprised anymore about people being upset, but I still am sometimes surprised. I was surprised uh, at the number of people that were very unhappy, said it was wrong, and they're against it. They're pr- they are principally against this. So I wanted to break this down, and I wanted to wait until I could come up with a pretty good argument. I have what I think is the best argument I could come up with as to why it's okay, uh, and I try to do it logically to break down some of the premises that I see people utilizing. So first, I do want to talk about how this is a difficult discussion. There's a lot of different layers to this, and it makes it hard to talk about because of the way that people view transactions uh, and view you know things that they purchase. Second, I want to talk about how you're buying access. You're not buying content. You're buying access. And then I want to end by saying, this is good for the game. This is good for the game. So first and foremost, it, th- the challenge here is that Destiny 2 is a unique form of transaction. It's not like going and buying a DVD and you own it, can play it as many times as you want. It's not like buying a television that as long as it doesn't break, it's yours. You can use it as much as you want. Those are those are products. Those are you know things you can consume and or use. And when you look at Destiny, Destiny Two, especially now that we've come this far, Destiny Two is in a unique category. You're you know there's goods and services are the two types of things you know you can purchase. And Destiny Two is like a hybrid. It's a good and a service kind of at the same time. And that makes it difficult to slice this for people to understand why this is a different ball you know ballpark. People will make a lot of false equivalencies and bad comparisons here. You know, like, oh, they can't take my food halfway through my meal at a restaurant. You know, things like that. It's not a one-to-one transaction like a single-player game or some of the other things I outlined. And we're not really paying for every planet, every bush, tree, gun, you know, that or activity. We're not paying for those things. Those things are part of the game and, and part of the place that we go into and we, we live and we, you know, we do all these things. So those are all the challenges. Anytime you're going to get into this discussion with people, you know, the forums, Reddit, Twitter, whatever, you're dealing with folks that are coming from, you know, uh, you know presuppositions and prefaces and, 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 and premises of thinking that are driving them to a conclusion that this is wrong and I think fundamentally their premise is faulty and I'm going to attempt to break down the premise so if I was to summarize as fairly as I could the the premise behind the idea that it's wrong to remove content the premise is essentially I paid for it and should always have access to it. You can't take it away from me, all right? I don't want to overstate it because people are like, well, we're not asking for access for forever. Okay, well, how long then, right? So the premise, as, as as basically as I can phrase it is, the premise is if I buy Destiny 2, I should always have access to its content. You can't take the content away from me. That's essentially the premise. And then they conclude then removing IO is wrong. Removing these locations is wrong. You know, they, they, they go from their premise to their conclusion. Okay, let's talk about how you're actually just buying access. Just to play Destiny 2, 
just to play Destiny 2, you need Bungie's servers, their infrastructure, their support teams, everything that's in the back behind it. All of that needs to be up and running and working in order for you to play Destiny 2. So, because of that, it's difficult to conclude that it's just a solid purchase that you own. Okay, now I don't want to get into the EULA and the license agreement nonsense because it is true. According, like legally, they're allowed to do this. I don't want to get into that. You know, oh, you agreed to the EULA, the user, you know, the end user license agreement and the, all the legal jargon. That's not my argument. Even though I could make that argument, I think I can make one that's a little bit better and more zoomed out that doesn't require you to read 19 pages of legal, you know, legal language. The real question I have that I believe decimates the premise is, are they bound and required to keep the game running for forever? Because you paid for Destiny 2 and Warmind and Curse of Osiris, does that then mean Bungie always has to keep the game up and running so you have access to the things that you paid for? Any sensible person would say, no, eventually they can and probably will shut the servers off at some point in the future. Games do this all the time. Paragon got shut down. Other RPGs and online games have just shut down their servers. Even though you bought it, even though you put all this time into it, it just disappears because you're playing on their servers. You're, 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 you paid for access and now you're getting access and you're going in and you're playing. If they have a right to eventually completely block off your access to the game by shutting the servers down, then they have a right to remove some of your access to, I don't know, Trials of the Nine, or in this case, Planets. So, removing your access to half of the game is the same in essence, and in effect, it's the same as if they were to just shut the game down entirely. You would lose access to the game and no longer be able to play it. You don't have a claim on the game as a consumer. You're not. There's no consumer protection law here that says, well, because you bought Destiny 2, they have to allow you to play it for forever. And people are like, well, we're not saying for forever. Okay, well, how long then? A lot of the stuff being removed is going to be at at the time of removal, like three years old. At what point is it okay for them to remove access to things? Okay, so in this particular situation, if you concede that they're allowed to eventually remove entire access to the game, then you have to also allow that they can remove partial access to pieces of the game. All right. Now, the bigger picture here, okay. (laughs) The bigger picture here, that's that's sort of my logical breakdown of their premise, the premise of people saying this is wrong, falls to pieces when you press in on it and, and take it to its logical conclusion. You can't take it to its logical conclusion, you know? It's like, if they are not allowed to do this, then they're never allowed to shut the servers down, and you know you can't make that argument, therefore the premise is invalid and dismantled, okay? But, let's let's think from another angle here. Let's think pragmatically. Okay, that's logical. We're thinking logically. Let's think pragmatically. It's good for the game. <laughs> it's good for the game. The, the Ultimately, the, them removing this stuff and rebuilding it, tweaking it, making room, adding other things is good for your experience in your game. There's no... I don't see any strong reason to clutch with white knuckles IO and Mercury and Mars and these outdated pieces of content. I really, really don't see the benefit there. What's the point of doing that? You want to drag... And this is... I use similar argumentation about sunsetting. You want to drag the game under the water and drown it because... You don't want to let go of anything. The only way games like this that can progress 
after years and years and years of, uh, of, of trying to maintain things is evolutionary process of a game requires pruning and that's essentially what this is they're sunsetting planets Okay, if, if you want this game to continue and to be better, I mean, think about the recent information that just came out about how Bungie essentially confirmed they're going to be rebuilding or recoding these planets or whatever, you know, from the ground up. In, in, li- in light of that information, in light of all the breadcrumbs we've unearthed, you should be very, very happy about this. Don't become this principled, dogmatic gamer that almost has your own gamer religion where you're like, this is wrong and they shouldn't do it according to my beliefs. It's like, well, then where do you want them to take the game? You want them to leave it in this trench of we can't evolve it. It's not elastic or agile enough. If you never let us remove anything, like... The fact that they have to remove the dungeon temporarily to update it. And in light of recent events, you know, people you know, people were, were trying to go after the YouTuber that revealed these things, I, claiming that, you know, he shouldn't have done that or whatever. That ver- basically confirms that it's true. We essentially, because of the Twitter tantrum brigade, because of that, we essentially got confirmation that it's true, that this indeed was something that was revealed and this is something that's coming. And so that means you, you're getting angry about them making the game better. You're getting angry about them upgrading the game, making it a, you know, a newer environment, you know, more, uh, more agility, hopefully a split sandbox so we can get dope stuff in PVE and it doesn't break PVP and all those other things. This essentially, th- this essentially could lead to the game finally growing and evolving and becoming something bigger than we've ever it's ever been. And the process is one where certain things get pruned and removed. And since the argument in the premise is not logically sound, we can then move on to say it's not a logically sound position. Sure, you can feel that way. You can be upset that things are being removed, but ultimately, it's a faulty premise, and it's going to be good for the game long term. I think we're going to land in you know December and January and be like, man, the game is in such a better state right now. Who cares that they took out IO? Who cares that they took out those planets? So we're going to transition into Q and A and VIP. The Q and A and VIP uh, call sessions might be a little shorter today because we are going to co-stream the Gamescom uh, event. So, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, or uh, Spotify, you can always watch me live at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about is removing content wrong? If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. It'll bring you to the YouTube channel. You can hit subscribe and the bell button, and that helps me out. If you want to support me directly by clicking join, uh, you can. Uh, You can also use the Patreon. The Patreon is at sntrpresents.com, and the the, the tiers there are the same. N.A. Painter, with the first question, with the basis of people not having years of use through paid content... Uh, as well as a full year of free content and the fact that the numbers of people that go to these planets and destinations besides raids, how can you justify not removing content? Well, right. I, it's one of the things where I didn't want to purely argue in this way, right? Like, I can, I can read this and just agree with it and be like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and... and and shout my agreement of the idea that, you know, we've had this content for us in, a, in, a, in a, a lot of time. Now it's all been free for a lot of time. And again, 
the the number of the number of uh, the number of people that even go to infrequent these locations. It's, well, it's got to be low, right? So, but I I don't want to only make this argument. That's why in my talk I was like, let me just logically try to break down the premise first and then go to sort of a pragmatism or you're kind of doing two things you're kind of doing being pragmatic like people don't even really go there anymore but i think you're also doing what is essentially mm, kind of an argument of value degradation or it's a combination of like value degradation and value transmission like you have gotten your value transmission out of the purchase you've gotten you have had access to these places for literally hundreds of thousands of hours if you wanted. Not, that doesn't mean you actually spent hundreds of thousands of hours on IO, you know, or Mercury or something. So if if you were if if you're actually gonna look at it from that perspective, I do think you're right. I do think you can make a value transmission, value degradation argument, but I also wanted to approach this more logically to just say the premise I believe is faulty. It's it's not consistent, right? It's not consistent. If you remain logically consistent with the premise of I bought it and you shouldn't be able to take away my access from it, that premise necessitates that Destiny is always available, always playable. And we all know that you can't logically go that far with it. You can't. You can't. You cannot take that premise and 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 conclude its true logical endpoint, which means it is then an unmaintainable premise. You can't maintain it, so therefore it's 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 void. It's null and void. It's not. It's not a. It's not a worthy starting place for an argument. So if their argumentation is rooted in that premise, I've I've done my best to dismantle that argument logically, and then I moved into pragmatism. I didn't even get into what you're talking about. I guess that would have made my argument a little bit stronger to include that the true transaction and value transmission has taken place. You know, how much do you conceivably think, you know, you should be able to, you know, use that content. Now I know, and here's one of the reasons I don't, I didn't want to do a lot of the value transmission, value degradation conversation. This is one of the reasons I didn't want to do it because somebody could fire back and be like, but Lono, if I buy Horizon Zero Dawn, I can always replay it and always go back to those locations as much as I want for forever. Yeah, that's true. But that's where it gets into that tangled web of you're not buying something that is purely a good to be consumed like a DVD. It's good and service interwoven. Destiny is interwoven with a dependency upon a service, and that service is Bungie's infrastructure, their background, their servers, their support teams, right? They, 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 they're fixing error codes and all these other things that they're trying to make it run better. So it's a good interwoven with a dependency. It's interdependent upon a service. So it's not a pure just buy it and always have access to it trans, you know, transaction. And that's another problem with the argumentation is you have to properly define what is destiny. It is not just, oh, I am buying... I am buying this and this is a game and I can play it for forever. It's a good and a service in a in a in a weird sort of hybrid. And um 
So that's why I wanted to stay more zoomed out on it. You get down into the trenches and try to explain to somebody like, well, you've had access to Io and Mercury and Mars for years, and you know nobody really goes to those planets anymore. The minute you get down into there, it gets kind of anecdotal, because then people are going to be like, I go to that planet every day. It's like, sure you do. You know, that's my favorite planet. I love Mercury, even when you didn't have sparrows. Uh-huh, right? I don't... I, I don't like getting into those discussions because it's less concrete. It's less concrete. It's harder. It's harder to make a good case. This is why, when this came up during Q and A, I I stumbled a little bit. The like when this first came up, I was just like, ah, um, I I tried to make an analogy. I tried to make an argument, and I stumbled because I hadn't thought about it yet. And you know, one of the reasons I stumbled is I knew. I started analyzing all the pathways of argumentation I could make, and I was like, that's kind of subjective, that's kind of anecdotal, people are going to say this, and I kind of like, I kind of got frozen, and when I was writing my outline this morning, it dawned on me, it was like, it's the problem is the premise and the classification of destiny, what is destiny, and it's the premise of, oh, I paid for it, You you, you should not be able to take away my access to it, and that premise doesn't work. That premise doesn't work. So, the the I think the argument will will subside with time because I do think people will be playing and having a good time. <clears throat> They're gonna be like, "Oh, this is great! Europa's awesome. The new subclasses, whatever." I'm sure you'll have stick in the muds that are like, "Yeah, this is actually you know, um, you know." this is actually not as good you know i feel like the director is really empty there's not enough planets i mean i'm sure i miss such and such strike you will have people that'll probably stick to their convictions about it but by and large i think most of the community would be like dude shut up like come on this is awesome we're having fun um here's here's one of the other reasons why i think that people are going to be quicker to get over it when they removed when they removed Trials of the Nine, it wasn't replaced with anything. It wasn't supplanted with anything. They're removing these planets and we're getting stuff in its place. We're getting new things to do, new activities, new destinations, a returning destination from D1. Um, so, I yeah, I think I think that there is a uh, there's definitely room for that. There is room to see a difference there and for people to say oh this is actually not that bad you know we're we're, we've gotten enough to replace it when trials left it was just it was I think it was it was far more devastating to people because it was like man what on earth there's there's nothing there's nothing replacing it and I just realized my light level was so low because I had like switched stuff around to run some strikes I was like holy moly a thousand light um there we go that looks a little bit better. 1,068. It was a clean 1,000. Uh, so, yeah. I, I think your argumentation here is sound, N.A. Painter, but that was one of the reasons I avoided that type of argumentation because I don't think it's as concrete and uh, you get lost in the weeds, I think, sometimes with this type of thinking because it becomes a bit more anecdotal and back and forth with folks. Rain the Dark. With the removal of content going forward, I feel this is a potential way of adding strikes and making the story darker, so to speak. I know this isn't your front burner issue. Oh, this isn't a front burner issue. But would you like to see story to embrace the darkness, so to speak? Well, I think the darker tones have definitely been coming back. I, I felt that Shadowkeep, Eris, and the Nightmares did bring some of the dark te- storytelling back. The pyramid ships. 
her going up to the pyramid ship, the pyramid ship person talking to us, the pyramid showing up, they're in the skybox, we don't know what in the heck's going on, all of a sudden you got Drifter and Eris debating at the end of the dungeon about, you know, there's no real difference between darkness and light, and you know, I, I do feel that's kind of happening, but I don't necessarily know if you're going to, uh... You're saying way of adding stakes and making the story darker, so to speak. I don't know what you mean by adding stakes. I read that as strikes. I misread that. Um, so I don't know if Rain is here. What did you mean by this? With the removal of content going forward, I feel this is a potential way of adding stakes and making the story darker, so to speak. Um, exactly. There feels like they have darkened the darkened weight again. Well, and I mean, it, it, I think if we're going to start using a darkness power, then clearly something's going to change in the dialogue and in the storytelling. You know, higher stakes. Oh, like more at stake, more risk, more loss, more more maybe main character death and stuff like that. Raising the stakes. Got to go. Um, I think that's coming automatically because someone convinces us. I think it's Eris. Someone convinces us and teaches us how to use dark power, dark subclass. Like, come on, that that's changing things, man. That's uh, that's significant. You know, when the when the the speaker died in 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 the main story, that was like whoa. And then Cade, and then Aldrin comes back, and we're like, wait, what's going on with him? And now all of a sudden, someone's gonna teach us. And convince us. They're going to have to convince us, right? It's not just going to be as simple as like, hey, you think this power is cool? And then we add it to our our inventory pack, like throw that in our backpack. There's going to have to be a quandary about it. There's going to have to be, I would think, maybe even commentary from, uh, I would think there, there would need to be commentary from the Vanguard, you know? It, it's... If, if if the Vanguard's not going to commentate, do you think Zavala's going to be okay with, oh yeah, that's fine, you know. <laughs> what does it mean to be a Guardian? What are you doing over there? Like, why are we using Darkness subclasses? He's got to have commentary on him. He has to say something, I would think. Um, same with Ikora. You know, it, it, are, it, are they going to try and stop us? Right? Is it going to cause a rift? Are they going to Are they going to decide that they don't They don't side with this anymore? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people are saying this could be the new dark uh, vanguard. You got three people. You got Eris, Drifter, and the Stranger. So yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. So I do I do think you're going to see this. You're going to see an increase in in, in more of a dark tone. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm, I am very, very apt to believe we will learn another darkness subclass in the witch queen and a third one in Lightfall. I think we're going to slowly, I think we as guardians are slowly going to change over the next couple of years. It's going to be a single evolving world. And I think part of that immersion is going to be that we change with it. You know, we're sort of disconnected, right? We loot, we shoot. And then we all go home and like the world's kind of changing around us. I think they're going to want to weave that together to say, no, the world's changing around you. And so, and so is your guardian. Leviathan with the next question. If the content comes back rebuilt from the ground up, how should Bungie implement this into a seasonal model? Would Bungie be justified to offer it as paid contents? Well, yeah. Yeah. I think this is where it gets a little complicated. Think about it like this. 
they said that these things will come back out of the vault eventually. Now, not everything. It's not a promise that like every single thing that goes into the vault will eventually come back. This is where it gets kind of complicated. Let's imagine the winter season after Witch Queen, okay? The winter season. It's 2021, holiday time. Here comes the new season. And they're like, we're bringing back IO as a main focal point of the new story and activity. And it's been completely reworked and changed. And you're like, wait, I'm paying $10 for a planet I already owned, right? This is where I think they're going to have to really drive the dialogue that it, yes and no, yes and no, yes, you're paying for IO, but, but you're not, you know what I mean? You're not, you're, you're, you're paying for something that's new, reworked, re, you know, redone. Uh, think about it like this, the Seraph, the Seraph tower event. Were you okay with that? Because they just put the event on an existing planet. Were you okay with... I'm not even talking about how good the Seraph Tower event was, right? Are you okay with contact as an an activity? Because they literally just threw it on planets that already exist. You know? So to me, it's like, I don't know if that'll be a super strong argument. If, if IO were to come back as a, as a part of a season that you pay $10 for, and it's got all new stuff, all new activities, all new loot, they'll probably be free. You know what? Jay Golden's probably right. That's, that's, that's probably the right answer. Do you know how whenever you go to the seasonal page and they have the bullet points, they'll probably be like, access to this planet is free. It's coming back. The planet access is already free. That's the standard. Yeah, that's that's probably the right response here. I didn't even think about that. They're going to be like, yeah, IO is back. Anybody can go to it. Now, obviously, if you buy the season, you'll have access to the new loot and the new season pass. So, yeah, there's a, there's a shorter answer to this than the one that I just I just went round and round in a big circle. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to be like, yeah, it's back. A, uh... The, the, the access to planets is free. You don't have to pay. You know, you have to pay. So. Darksider. How different in looks and feeling should reintroduce areas be? For example, the current planets going away are tied to the darkness. So if they return, should they look completely different and represent the darkness terraform? We don't even know if that's what's actually going to happen. I think we've assumed that that's going to be the reason. That the... The, the 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 pyramid ships kind of take the planets and they go away, right? And we are assuming then we talked about that, like they could be terraforming the planets. Um, I remember theorizing that when they said they were going to be reinvigorating core activities. I thought, well, what if in a season or what if in an expansion, all these planets get completely and utterly changed and terraformed and and reworked and then that would be their their new content injection well they're not doing that they're literally taking the planets out so I think this is a likely explanation or destination uh, you know for for these for these planets um, you know that's that's that could be a likely thing that happens it could literally just be no we have to take them out rework them rebuild them bring them back and make them awesome newer bigger better more activities whatever blah 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 whatever their like whatever their benefit here we we're assuming we're assuming there will be 
tangible benefits to this reworking. If we get a taste of those benefits in Beyond Light, then I think people will be real chill about when planets come back and not being like, oh, they better be terraformed and totally new and totally different. If they're bigger, if they allow for more people to be on them at a given time, if they allow your fire team to be bigger, I think those will all be very tangible benefits that people are like, well, it's good they took these out. If it's only back-end benefits for Bungie, I think it might be a little bit harder for people to be like, okay, you brought these back, what'd you do to them? Do you see? Like, they're, I think they're going to want to have very clear and tangible benefits of hey it's a good thing we took these planets out and reworked them look at all the look at all the things you can do that we you know you couldn't do before because you couldn't do this you couldn't do that you couldn't go you couldn't have this many people in an area we couldn't have these big fights or these big activities or whatever the case may be so that's that's where i would land on it is if they're going to when they bring planets back i think it'd be a really really good idea to to make it clear and to even outline here are the benefits that you you got with the, with the return of the planet. Here are the here are the differences. Here are the the updates uh, that you got. King Keys with Bungie taking away planets and raids and potentially bringing them back. Would you like them to return Takenified and then we go on quest to purify the surrounding, restoring to the original planet, and should it stay terraformed? I mean, this is clearly. Maybe not intentionally, but very, very much so springboarding off of the previous question. This is something I typically don't do. I typically don't go on a, you know, desire uh, checklist. I don't really do that. I'm not like, you know, I really, really hope that they they go on like a, a run of let's get all these things and I want it to be like this and I want it to be like that. And I want there to be this story development or that story development. Or I want an activity where we do this. Yeah, I've had a lot of people do that. Like, would you want to see an activity where we do, and then they outline all these very, very specific things. I tend to avoid that uh, for a variety of reasons. Number one, I think it's unlikely that we nail it that specifically. So you're, you're, you're potentially setting yourself up for disappointment. You are potentially setting yourself up for disappointment. Like, there... it. If they do this, cool, thumbs up. Do I want them to do this? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to create a desire or an expectation that's a dart toss. Like, you could put darts in a room, and you could put, you could put bol- you know, a bunch of dart boards in the room, and you could put a bunch of different combinations on them, right? So you'd have Vex, Fallen, Taken, you know, on one side, and then you'd have all these story developments and then these activity themes and then you could shut the lights off and like throw a dart at each wall and be like okay i hope we get a taken based story with this happening and this type of an activity the odds of you getting it right you know the odds of you getting it right and being like yep the planets are going to come back takenified we're going to purify them and reverse the terraform like i that sounds super dope, but I'm not going to say, man, I really hope they do that. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a, that there, there, there's a difference there. Would you like them to unnerve sleeper? Well, that's a little bit different, right? Yes, of course. That's a desire that I have. And obviously what does that lead to frustration with every season that they don't fix sleeper? So you you can set yourself up unintentionally here for disappointment. If you develop, here's an example. 
I have always thought it'd be super dope that at some point in the story, we repower the Dreadnought and we use its weapon against the pyramid ships. It would seem insane. Are you crazy? That's power that we shouldn't be wielding, but it becomes an only possibility situation. It's the only thing we know strong enough to wipe out a fleet of pyramid ships. And it would be awesome. Right? It would be this monumental moment. You could bring back the, the King's Fall, Taken King music, and we turn the sword, power the thing, and boom. I think that'd be dope. But I'm never going to say... Oh, I really want Bungie to do that. The odds of me nailing that story beat exactly right is just very unlikely. So I think there's a difference between sort of, you know, fantasizing about what they could do with lore and story. And there's a difference between that and saying, oh, I really want them to do X, Y, and Z. So Necro. I am okay with swap outs and upgrades. I believe it's just like cleaning house. You close some rooms for cleaning while providing access to the rest of the house. Do you believe we will have planets shuffling in and out or will we get everything back? Yeah, this is a, this is a, uh, this is a good, this is a good question. Um, because I think the most likely, um, if the most, if the, the, the most likely outcome here is that it'll be piece by piece. I don't think there's going to be this moment where they're like, here it all is back, wham, and they just shove everything back into the game. Leviathan, four planets, just, just shove it all in. That I would just, I don't know, there's just a gut instinct there that tells me, yeah, they're not going to do that. They'll probably bring them back one at a time. You know, it's free, it makes the director feel a little bit bigger, you know, and after they bring a couple of them back, you know, Nessus will probably get rotated out at some point, maybe. Tangled Shore and Dreaming City, I feel like, is a ticking time bomb because it's like eventually that gets resolved and then we're done. You know, Gamescom is in two hours. We are covering it. That's why I'm going to Q&A and VIP. We're probably going to cut short to about 45 minutes for each segment. So we have time to get ready uh, to watch it. We are allowed to co-stream it. Um, so we will be watching that together. Uh... Yo, it's good, RT. We're getting Destiny 1 stuff and Destiny 2 stuff. 1 plus 2 equals (laughs) 3. That's right. It is. It's Destiny 3. Anyway. Yeah, I think think the most likely outcome of how they bring these planets back is one at a time. um, as As opposed to it being the, you know, just slamming all of them back in all at once. Tim Preston, when Bungie no longer supports PS4 and Xbox One, do you think it's possible we get a lot of old content back in the game? The new consoles may be able to support a lot of more storage, and the problem or reason why they have to take it out might go away. It also could be part of the engine update. They've never blamed the consoles, by the way. I think that's obviously part of it, but they've also been like, the game just becomes unwieldy. It's too big. It's too big to manage. Updates and everything. Now, there could be a, a combination benefit here. The the engine being updated could enable them to, yes, make it bigger. Um, but I don't think they're like, oh man, the limited size of the Xbox One and PS4 is really holding us back. Obviously, they don't want the install size of the game to, get, to become absurd regardless of where you're playing the game. Um, 
And hopefully the new Sony PS5 doesn't do the copying thing that you guys always have to... <laughs> you poor PlayStation owners always have to suffer through that. You know, I, I would say that it's going to be a bit of a both-and here. And to be fair, it's not even an install size thing on the old consoles. It could literally just be the fact that they're just slower and it's harder for them to interact with like a really, really big game. You know? The new ones could be, you know, a little bit faster and, you know, they, they can access things a little bit easier and then that, you know, that enables that enables them to maybe bring some of that stuff back. I don't think we're ever going to be in a scenario where the the game becomes literally all of uh, Kearney already confirmed PS5 won't do the stupid copy stuff. Okay, there you go. Um the uh oh i lost my train of thought because i read that i read what he said and i lost my train of thought um oh i know what i was gonna say i don't think we're ever going to arrive at a moment where they're like bam all of destiny one all of destiny two in one game i don't think so i don't think that's ever going to be a destination that we arrive at where they say yep literally two entire full games in one i think they're always going to have a bit of a rotation of in and out, things retiring, things leaving. Number one, I think the director would be absurd if you got your wish. I just think it would be absolutely absurd. I just think it would be too much stuff. This is definitely not an, 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 a game I think that would, uh, that would, that would work in, in, that, in that size and scope. I think it would become... Number one, again, it might be problematic for updates, for tweaks. It might be problematic for, you know, their ability to to interact and do quick updates or do quick changes because they would be dealing with just literally a massive, massive game. So it'd be pretty bloated. So if, if, if you think we're on some trajectory and some road to getting literally both full games all slammed into one, every raid, you got Bog, Crota, Wrath... King's Fall and all the D2 raids. I don't think so. No. I don't think I don't think we're I don't think we're on that pathway. And I think they've said enough. I think they've said enough for us to know that that's not going to happen. They've said the DCV is going to serve as like a, we're going to take things out and put things in. It is going to sort of serve as a bit of a uh, almost like a rotating door. Ashen Hollow with the next question. Any worries about Bungie taking all this out and then making us pay for it again? Yeah, we've kind of already dealt with this question because, I, and, I, and again, I'm glad we do these live so that people can kind of course correct me because I was kind of going down the angle of like, oh, if it's completely rebuilt and changed, it's justified to charge you for it or whatever. But I think people were right to say, no, it, it, planets are free. They'll just add them back to the the director for free. And then obviously, if you're paying for the season, you'll have access to the new loot, maybe even the new activity, and then the season pass. So I don't think they're going to try to do that. I don't. I mean, I I wonder what they're going to do with Europa for free-to-play players. Are they going to be able to just go to Europa and just hang out there and run around is is there going to be activities and loot there that they're just they're not going to be able to have access to i'm actually really really curious how they're going to do that because if they make europa free for everybody to just kind of go to that you know go there and wander around then you have your answer you have your answer you know exactly what they're going to do they're, they're gonna they're gonna bring them back and not charge you for them 
It'd be no different than Forsaken Patrol Zones. Patrols are free for all players. Yeah, that's true. LL Brood with the next question. Can Bungie re-add the content of something like The Forges without backlash from Reddit or Twitter? Do you think that they should re-add the content at some point? I believe they should for the people who haven't or weren't there during the content. Obviously, if you've got content like Forges or Menagerie, I think that it, it's, it's probably reasonable to say that stuff's eventually going to rotate back in just because it's, it's content that can be reworked and reinvigorated and have loot put in it. And because of that, because of that, I would anticipate those to come back at some point. Now, if you're worried about backlash, I think this is a little bit more in line with some of the concerns we've already addressed with, oh, but can they charge us for it? Can they conceivably charge me for a reworked menagerie? I already owned menagerie and you took menagerie away. That's when I think they'd have to probably say, you'd have to call it something else You'd have to, I don't know, you'd have to completely rework, rename, and show people that you're not buying the, the, what was it, opulence? You're not buying the opulence version of Menagerie. Or you could do what Gilly's saying, you rotate it back in and you just make it free. You know, you rotate it back in, you make it free, and then th- th- no one can really complain that it's, that it's making a return. I'm always concerned about making stuff like that free because does that mean it's, is that going to hurt its, is that going to hurt its value? You know, if they make it free, how much, how much do you think they're going to put into it? How much do you think they're going to put into it if it's free? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder sometimes if it's like, is it worth even doing that? Other than the EDZ, Bungie's removing all the D2 Year 1 content. I wonder if they're trying to stay away from the bane of Year 1 and have a feeling of freshness. Well, I certainly think that's, yeah, that's part of it, but I don't think that's the whole thing. This is this is supposed to feel like Destiny 2.5, you know? It's not 3, but it's going to be freaking close to feeling like a brand new game to some extent. Maybe not in scope and size, because so much of the game is staying, but... I think that's their hope is that this year feels like a giant, giant uptick in quality and experience. It's not D3, D2, or D2, or D2.5. It's just Destiny. Well, I think somebody said that Luke Smith recently commented, or at some some interview somewhere said dropping the two is more complicated than just like hitting backspace on the keyboard. Um, because of trademarking and stuff. Maybe when Witch Queen rolls around, they've gotten to a place where they can drop the two, but with trademarking and, and, uh, all of that, I think it becomes problematic to walk that back. Because they have all that stuff with the original Destiny trademark and the original Destiny name, but I wonder if it gets muddy when they, when they walk it back. Um... What it feel if uh, like what if it feels like a big percentage of the content uh, in a season that would be dumb and would get backlash. Well, oh, I yeah, of course. If the spring, if they try and sell you the spring season and the spring season is menagerie, you'd be like, wait a minute, what the frick? I think people would understandably be like, wait, what am I paying for? I it's it's I think it's I think it's difficult. I think it's difficult to. Um, 
bring that stuff back and have it be part of anything that's paid. I don't know what their plans would be with it. I really, really don't. Now, Bungie is smart. They could take the core elements and and areas and and the and the background stuff. They could take all of that and they could say we're reusing it. You don't even know we're reusing it. They don't even have to tell us. There could be some spring season where we go in and we're like, yeah, this seems like they really they used a lot from Menagerie for this. It seems very familiar and very similar, but it's not the Menagerie. The mechanics, the idea, the spirit of it, it wouldn't be a chalice, it'd be something else. Like, they could certainly, you know, do that. So, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced, I'm convinced that they'll, they'll bring that stuff back but they won't bring it back as its original name and, and form and function because I think that'd be that'd be too risky because you'd have to charge for it. You couldn't just bring back Menagerie and make it free. I mean, I guess you could, but I don't know. Gilly says, do you think it's okay for Bungie to recharge us for content we already paid for? D2 planets if they return, Cosmodrome, any other D1 content? But we've yeah we've already addressed this. This stuff's free for all players, so it's not you're not actually having to pay for it. What you're generally going to be paying for is new locate like uh, new activities, new loot, and new story. Locations and patrol are uh, are not are not ever going to be something that they charge us for. More than likely, that's part of the equation. That's one of the reasons they decided to say, no, 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 make every patrol area free. Why? Because if we pull the trigger on the Destiny content vault and we start moving content in and out of the game, we never want anybody to say we're charging them for content we took away. It's free. We're shoving it back in. It's free. All, all, all destinations are part of, are a part of new light. You can just go to them. It's, it's, it's going to be about the activities and the loot and the season pass and the story stuff. That's what you're paying for. So I submitted this question before Q&A. No, no, no. I think it's good to really drive this home, Gilly. I do. I'm, I'm happy to kind of repeat this, this talking point because I do think people need to understand. I, and I think we've, we've even gone further than I was earlier. I think all the way, all the way back to when they decided to make all those locations free to play, they had this in their mind, which gives you a picture into the timeline of the development here. Go back to when they decided to say that. We're going to make everything free, new light, we're going to move all this stuff. That was like that was last year in the summer, right? So summer of 2019, they already knew they were going to do this DCV thing. They already knew they were going to take stuff out, rebuild, rework it. Why? Because they already were doing it. I'm telling you, the new engine breadcrumbs are there. You just have to know where to look. They knew they were doing this when they decided to, t- to, to, to pull and say, oh, all locations, all planetary, uh, all, all patrol destinations are free to play. They, it was attached to this. Guarantee you it was. That sets the timeline way, way back there. I believe Game Pass also gives you Beyond Light, but nothing has been said about including the new season. It doesn't? No, Game Pass, Game Pass includes Beyond Light. I'm fairly certain, but it doesn't include the seasonal content. There's going to be a divide. It would be like getting it would be like getting um, Shadow Keep, but not Season of the Undying. I'm fairly certain that's how they uh, they sliced it. 
so you are going to get beyond light and story and stuff but if if there's seasonal content like season of the undying you won't get that it's going to be weird it'll be sliced but it'll be you know it'll be a ten dollar purchase for those people that's how it's going to work so Eknor says if they are removing content every year do they need to change their marketing and trailers and ads casual gamer is not reading their twabs and youtube videos well i mean you don't need to market beyond light and say beyond light destiny 2 we removed four planets the leviathan reckoning They, they don't need to do that all you have to talk about is Europa and Stasis and the Deepstone Crypt and New Exotics. That's Cosmodrome's returning. That's all they need to show. And 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 for their trailers, people will be like, "Oh, that looks dope." They don't need they don't need to advertise the fact that they're removing planets in their trailers. That's all been done in the twabs. That's all been done as a housekeeping measure for us to know what's going on keep in mind in game they've been announcing that two weeks in a row now when i've booted up the game it's like these planets are going away it's like wow it's right in your face they're not trying to be bashful or quiet about it or only put it on twabs they're trying to put it right in front right in front of us for consumers to make an informed decision but that's not part of making an informed decision. You don't need to know planets are going away. What are you buying? You're buying Beyond Light. I, I think you're misunderstanding here. Destiny 2 base game, free entry point. You pay nothing to come in and play. And when they market Beyond Light, that's what you're buying. They don't need to be like, oh, by the way, when you buy Beyond Light, the base game has had a lot of stuff taken out of it. They're not related. They're 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 not related. I'm liking your stream better here on YouTube. I've had a lot of people say that. So they don't need to tell you. It's not like... I'm trying to think of a better example. Okay, so in Destiny 1, when they sold... When they sold the the, the, the bundle where you got all of Destiny and Forsaken, right? I think in that sort of a situation, yes. You would have had to basically tell people, uh, this is the package you're getting, and there is some stuff that's been shuffled around. In this scenario, we're in a different ballpark now. The, the game itself is free entry point. You're not paying for EDZ. You're not paying for Nessus, Tangled Shore, any of that. It's just, bam, base game free. Beyond Light is what you're paying for. Story, Europa, activities, new loot. Like that's And, and, and then obviously the season pass. They still sell and advertise Forsaken with the raids. I've not seen any of that. I th- the point I'm trying to make to you is they don't necessarily need to address that. The planets being removed have nothing to do with informed decision because they're not leaving uh re- because they're leaving regardless if you buy the X pack or not. Well, yeah, that's another way of looking at it logic. Like the way I'm looking at it as you're not buying Destiny 2 and Beyond Light. You're buying Beyond Light. Do you see the difference? You don't have to buy Destiny 2 anymore. You don't. Oh yeah, and we're not even buying Europa. Europa's just a free patrol zone. Well, I, I there'll be activities and loot and story on Europa that you won't have access to as a non-paying customer. So, it, in the past, in the past, you had to buy it all. If all of a sudden you wanted to jump into Destiny when 
uh, Forsaken came out, you had to buy it all. You had to buy Destiny 2 and Forsaken as one big package. So if when Forsaken landed, they were removing stuff, yes, that would have been part of the marketing. They would have made sure you were an informed consumer about what are you buying when you buy Destiny 2. They would have had a picture of the director, and they'd be like, yeah, we removed IO or whatever. In this scenario, they've separated it to where they don't have to do that. They don't have to muddy their marketing by being like, well, we removed four planets and the Leviathan and the and the, and the farm and the Tribute Hall. They don't have to do any of that. Because there is no longer a base game purchase. You are simply buying an expansion. And I think that cleans it up, honestly. How is D1 price at the end of its lifespan? You could get, I think at the time that Rise of Iron landed, you got Rise of Iron for $30, and you could literally buy everything before that for $60. You could get Destiny 1, House of Wolves, Dark Below, and The Taken King for $60. It was everything. It was was all of basically year one and year two for a $60 purchase. And then you you could buy Rise of Iron for $30. When Age of Triumph came out, you could buy them all for 60. Yeah, by the time Age of Triumph came out, I think you could buy the whole kit and caboodle for 60. Even Rise of Iron, I think they threw in at that point. It's 60 for everything on the PlayStation Store. Yeah, now you just get it all. They just they throw it all uh, throw it all in. I think this is just cleaner. It's like you don't buy the base game anymore. The base game is just, here you go, come and play. Oh, you want the expansion? Bam. Oh, you want the most recent season? Bam, buy it. Like, I just think it's cleaner. It's a cleaner value transmission of, like, what you're actually buying. Uh, Light Leap said, Do you think that the new model for Destiny with the DCV is actually a major reason for free-to-play? A constantly evolving world with content removed can only be justified if it's a subscription-based game or free-to-play. It would be hard to push for if they sold access to the game yearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw you saying to, to remove this. No, I think this is good. This is another good way of free uh, of phrasing it, though. Cause I, and I think it's actually good for you to submit the question because you thought free-to-play was a mistake, but free-to-play could be potentially, as you're pointing out, a giant benefit of saying, oh, we can remove and add things so that the game can evolve and the game can change because you're not having to pay for any of the any of the planets. We can bring back IO, we can bring back Mercury and it doesn't matter. It's just part of the free to play package. So uh, Ashen says, should Bungie just go for a full-fledged submodel uh, taking out the putting in content? I don't think they could go this down this road. I know people are gonna cite Final Fantasy. I know you're gonna cite Final Fantasy. I don't think this game has the the density for that. It doesn't have the density for that. I don't think people would buy into a subscription model. I think they would say, man, the density's not there, dude. Like, I, I blitzed the game for a couple weeks. You're still going to do that. I, I, I can almost guarantee you. I have no idea what sort of benefits the engine update's going to bring, what sort of density and longevity they've got planned for Beyond Light in the seasons. But I'm telling you right now, you are still going to have hardcore players in year four that get a month to a month and a half into a season, and they're going to be like, I'm bored, there's nothing to do. Now, Bungie could satiate that a little bit by saying, well, since seasonal content's no longer, you know, limited to a three-month window, we can stretch out the seasonal content a little bit more and give those hardcore players a reason to return. But I'm telling you, I just, I cannot see, I cannot see them ever getting people to tip over to a subscription model because the density isn't there. 
Final Fantasy has multiple dungeons, raids, story crafting, side mission stories, the list goes on. You need so much density to get there. And here's the honest to goodness truth. They don't have the community. Let's phrase it another way. Destiny doesn't have the community to support a game of that density. People would check out. They'd be like, it's taking me way too long to get stuff. It's too grindy. It's too slow. It's like an MMO like EverQuest or World of Warcraft. This is not the game I fell in love with the last five years. The community, the majority here of people that play Destiny would not support that level of density. If you ratchet up the density in order to justify a subscription fee, I think you'd lose so many people. You would lose so many people. I think the seasonal model, expansion model with microtransactions is working very well for them. I think it's very profitable. No need to rephrase. The casual players would support. The hardcore players would. A wouldn't support. Right. I don't like using the casual. I don't like using the casual versus hardcore player because I know there are people that have a hardcore spirit. They love raiding. They love doing the hard content. They love doing all the stuff, but they don't have the time to to, to play as much. And so I think you'd lose those players. You would lose the, the hardcore casuals. You would. They're a hardcore casual. Their, their, their number of hours in a week are more casual, but they're hardcore in spirit. They're max level. They're running dungeons. They're, they're running, you know, they're running uh, raids. But they can only play so many hours in a week. So if you take Destiny down this pathway of subscription model, density, grind, longevity, you're going to have all these people that are like, dude, I love this game. Used to raid, used to play my, my, as much as I possibly could, as much as I could afford to. I can't play this game now. It's a different game. I don't think that evolution is on our horizon. I don't. I do not think subscription model and that level of density is uh, is on our horizon. So, when you said DLC, I got pinged. What do you mean you got pinged when I said DLC? That's weird. Um, so... Alright, that's perfect timing. I want to give us time for a decent amount for a VIP call-in because it could get kind of spicy and we do want to give ourselves time to get ready uh, for going over to the VIP... I'm sorry, the Gamescom. We're going to be watching the Gamescom thing together. So if you're here right now and you enjoy these segments, you enjoy what I do, um, first of all, make sure you're watching live. You may have fallen behind. Um, Make sure you're watching live. And uh, click the sub button, click the subscribe button and the bell button. That's like following my channel so you get notified when I'm live. That is a free way to support me. Clicking subscribe and the bell button. Smash the like button too, that's also free. If you want to become a paying member, it comes with perks and benefits in the Discord. You get early access to things. You can submit Q&A. You can take part in VIP calling. You want to hop on Discord and you want to debate with me like some people do? Become a VIP you can do that uh, with uh, a membership on YouTube or the Patreon. Somebody use the Patreon command. Thank you for doing that. So, uh, is there live audio? I mean, you can use the Discord for audio. I'm always in a podcast uh, voice chat in there for people. If you if you can't have access to YouTube throughout the day, you can treat this like a podcast in Discord. That's another thing that's a benefit to you as a paying member. So, as always, if you're listening to this content elsewhere, like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, you can always catch me live at Say No to Rage. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP viewer call-in session that happened after my talk and Q&A about is removing content wrong? If you're listening to this on Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. It'll bring you to the YouTube channel. You can click the bell button and subscribe. That makes sure that you do not miss out on the, uh, the streams. I'm streaming pretty much every day, Monday through Friday. And if you're here right now live, we are going to watch the Gamescom deep dive into stasis. Uh, We'll watch that together. That'll be tomorrow's probably talk and Q&A. Coldheart requested to go first. What do you want to ask today, sir? Oh, yes, sir. I'll keep it short and sweet. Only one question. Um, If you were going to buy Beyond Light right now, and uh, Unholy, me and Unholy were talking about this in the chat. Mm -hmm. There's three different options. You can get Beyond Light. There's a Beyond Light Plus with the current season and there's the deluxe edition with everything i i wonder your opinion do you think this is a mistake and i think last year when shadow keep had it if you buy shadow keep just the base whatever season you buy shadow keep in you get that season free but now they have this buy shadow keep and only shadow keep and then you have the buy shadow keep plus a season like i i wanted to see maybe you've heard of something or chats have heard of something that i missed um, of why they're changing it up and backtracking from last year. Because I thought last year was really good. Like, whenever you find, like, oh, okay, yeah. Shadow keeps, I mean, the, the game's kind of dull. I don't want to buy the big DLC because, let's say, Trials comes back and I don't want to buy a Trials DLC. Let me wait until next season and I can buy the big DLC with that season. So, I, I was not aware of this. So, you're saying that I can buy Beyond Light... And I can buy it without the season? Yes, correct. That's the lowest version. Okay, so... Another version where you can buy it with a season, just one season, and then the deluxe edition. Yeah, I'm trying to find all the different versions. It's hard because where are you doing that? Are you doing it on their their website? Because their website only has collector's editions for sale. Um... Um, PlayStation had it, and at one point there was on Bungie's website. You can pick all three of them, or look at all three of them. Somebody's saying it's in the store. Okay. Let me take a look here, then. Uh, Beyond Light Deluxe is 70. Uh, Let's see. Beyond Light for 40. Beyond Light Plus Season is 50. Interesting. Let me click on that. Can I get details? Does it give me details? Add to cart? Will it give me details if I add it to cart? How do I get details on what I'm getting here? I I want... It's not not giving me any details here. Maybe if I click on it? Okay, Beyond Light plus Season. Okay. So, what do I get with this? Alright. You get Beyond Light... Access to season 12 and the no time to explain. Oh my gosh, this is different. I have not caught this until just now. So basically, it's $40 for Beyond Light, then it's $40 plus $10 to get it with the season. So it's $50 bucks to get it with the season. Um, I mean, number one, 
I'll say first and foremost, I understand why they're separating it. That's related likely to the uh, Game Pass situation. If you have Game Pass, you get Beyond Light, but then you got to buy the $10 season. So it, it being separated is probably related to that. So now let's deal with the price point. It's $50. It's essentially $10 short of a $60 release. Um, I think I'll say that is exciting I, that's weird to say it, that's exciting it's like okay we, we must be getting a, a substantive amount of stuff then they haven't really outlined it all yet they're gonna have to outline this like why on earth am I spending more than last year and I think they're gonna have to show us this is going to be bigger and more substantive than shadow keep this is this is not just an expansion it's you know it's more than that it's bigger than that or something um Yeah, that's what Unholy was saying, too, because, I mean, what you said about Game Pass, that kind of makes sense, because I was about to go off. I'm like, that's so stupid. If I tell my buddy to buy Beyond Light, they have to pay an extra 10 bucks to buy the season. So at first, at first glance, I'm like, that's retarded. That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like the prices were the same last year. No, uh uh-uh. Shadow Keep was $40 and you got Shadow Keep and Undying together. There was a $60, but that was Shadow Keep and all of year 3 seasons. That was the deluxe and then there was just the $40 Shadow Keep and it just came you could not buy Undying separate. I don't even think it was possible to buy Undying separate. I don't know why you would have wanted to. Um well, you might have yes, been able to correct. if you looked. You might have been able to if you looked hard enough. It might have been somewhere, but generally speaking, it was not how they package it. Again, I'm looking at this two ways. First, I'm saying they probably had to slice this up because of Game Pass, um, and they had to make it very, very crystal clear. Hey, you got Game Pass. You want you want the extra. You want season twelve. That's ten. Okay, no worries. That creates an itemized purchase thing in all the storefronts. That's then sensible to Game Pass owners. As far as the price increase. I would say it's a $10 increase. Hopefully that means they can substantiate that increase by saying this is significantly bigger than Shadow Keep. It's not just the moon, some campaign and nightmares. It's, you know, it's twice like let, I'm imagining, right? This is hypothetical. It's twice the size of the moon and there's duh, 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 duh. they start listing all of the things. Was Forsaken 40 or 30? Forsaken was 40. But it also came with Season of the Outlaw. They just didn't—they they didn't really make that apparent. And also, it wasn't sliced up like that back then. But Forsaken was Season of the Outlaw, and then it was Season of the Forge, and then it was Season of the Drifter, Season of Opulence. It was there was a season for Forsaken, but it wasn't. There wasn't like this clear slice of like, well, what came with Season of the Outlaw? We didn't see the clear slice until Shadowkeep, and now there's an even more, an even clearer slice because it's actually broken out as a separate purchase. Um, so I would say that they, they're going to have to speak to this um, at some point to establish to the, to the fans why there is a... Uh, a price difference. I thought Shadowkeep was 35. No, I forget. No, 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 no. No, it was. Oh, it was 35? I thought Shadowkeep was only 35 for. I thought there was a reason that it was 35. Wasn't it 40? If Why was it 40? There was a $40 one, wasn't there? Alright, here we have a picture we can look at. Shadow Keep 
No, yeah, you're right. It was 35. It included a single season pass. Wow. Okay. So that's a $15 price jump. Sorry, chat. It's hard to remember all this freaking stuff. Uh, I we had it wrong. Yeah, that's a price jump, man. You know, it's it's yeah. It's, so that just 10... tells me that. Go ahead. That just tells me, like, I mean, with a price jump from Shadow Keep to Beyond Light, I I understand that because we're getting significantly more content. But I'm just comparing it to Shadow Keep. Undying was really really short, and there wasn't too much to do. So I would think, you know, if you buy Shadow Keep, you know, throw an Undying like there. Throw, oh, throw in Undying, you know, just for extra content. If it's going to be the same way in year four, which I don't know, I'm just speculating, I have no clue. I would want to get that season thrown into Beyond Light, in my opinion. And let me pay the $10 for the extra seasons. But, you know, just I'd like to get one free. I just, if I, if I really zoom out on the comparison here, Beyond Light and, and, and a season is only $10 cheaper than all of year three. Like, I think that's significant. I think we really need to just, like, knock it. True. We don't want to get too hyped up here, but Beyond Light and one season is $10 cheaper than all of year three. It was 60 bucks for all of year three. So... I think we, I, I, I think they, they need to substantiate this to a certain degree. I mean, McCluskey, what's good, man? He says, um, what does Beyond Light have to do uh, in order to hang on to the community after the initial two months of release since half the game is being removed? Yeah, it needs to feel like, a, it, I, I think now that we're even getting into like a price comparison discussion, it's going to have to be undeniably like a new, it's going to have to feel like a new game. You know, it's 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 ten dollars shy of a new game price. I mean, it there it's going to have to be because if they fumble this, you're you're talking about it hurting all of the f- subsequent seasons. All of the subsequent expansions are then hurt if this doesn't really really deliver. They've plotted out the next three years. If this falls flat on its face, because people are like, "Are you kidding me, Bungie? You charge just fifty bucks, and it's basically Shadow Keep." I think people will storm the castle and probably be justified in doing so. I think, I think we're not prepared. I really do. I think when Luke Smith said, "You are not prepared," I think he meant it. I know he tried to act like, "Oh, it was a World of Warcraft reference." No, I don't think we're prepared for the shift that's about to happen. This is not a this is not a oh it's a forsaken it's a it's a place to go in a raid this is feels to me especially in light of the information that's come out about the, the new engine i even had i even had a little birdie tell me they got like you know inside information that like you know and then we saw the video and then we saw everybody's reaction on twitter essentially confirming you know there's an engine change coming that that spells for big things. I think we've always thought the only way this game breaks free is with an engine change. So this is another observation. We may have to make an entire video about this, about like Beyond Light's price point is 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 not getting looked at because they haven't marketed it that much. Like it's this hasn't been on the forefront of Bungie's website or anything. Like we had to go and look for this. I think this is a um I don't know, I think this is significant making a lot of uh, assumptions from no information. No, I'm not. Have you not been here, brother? I walked through like eight different breadcrumbs about engine change. We have somebody that said they were on a call with Bungie that said they have to, they're remaking these planets from the ground up. That's not no information. Are you kidding me? And now we have a price point difference, $50, 
$50 for Beyond Light in a season. We've seen like 20 seconds of gameplay. Yeah, but you're disregarding everything I just said. I'm not I'm not talking about gameplay or size or substance. I'm saying there's a lot here. There's a lot here to sort of say this is this is going to have to be significant. I didn't even say it was going to be significant. I was saying it's if it doesn't feel like a new game, people are going to be like, "What did we play?" What oh, I'm sorry, what did we pay for? That, that that's what I said. I didn't say it was going to feel like a new game. I'm saying it needs to feel like a new game or people are going to be angry. I didn't even tell you that it was going to be. I'm saying it, it probably needs to <laughs> feel that way. So, uh, did you have anything else to add to this? I think he may have left. Yeah, he may have left and come back in. Do you have anything else to add to this? Uh, no, that was my only question. I know we have a uh, limited time, but uh, yeah, I just thought it was a, a good thing to bring up. But thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, we we may have to do like I said, we have to do a video about this. Uh, Bird Bro, I am coming to you, and uh, we had that echo issue, so just remember to mute yourself when you're done asking. Go ahead. Alright. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay, I probably sound a little different, because I moved to my um, phone, so I could uh, smoke outside and talk. But, um, <laughs> okay. But to, um, for on topic, and I just realized that I didn't put my notes in my phone. But um, on topic with the whole is it okay thing, I always say that you have to look, oh, that's, there, there we go. You have to first look at the difference in the type of game that Destiny is. Like you said, I like to use the Netflix versus box set type deal. When you buy a single player game, you're getting something that's, you're getting all of that right there. But when you buy Netflix, you're not buying what's on Netflix. You're buying the service, which is why we have, you know, single player games and live service games. And Destiny is a live service. You pay for the access. Mm -hmm. I don't, now, you always hear people getting upset like, oh, they're removing this from Netflix. Well, I mean, what, what are you going to sue Netflix every time something gets taken away? That's what happens. And I feel like it's, it's consistent with, with the way Destiny is being ran right now. Some stuff has to be moved from the game. For one, it's, it's too big. It's, they, you, want, you want a 500 gig game or whatever on your PC? Now, I, I'm on PC now, but I can't imagine how that's going to feel on your PS4. Mm-hmm. having to wait forever and and that's and that's just the size issue the next issue is it's it's old content like mm-hmm. like come on who are these people because you see the concern trolls that are really just coming out saying oh i want i won't be able to do this anymore i won't be able to get this exotic yeah. oh that exotic and it's like you've had about how many years to get that exotic? So, first off, if you're complaining about new people, well, the content isn't really going away. It's being vaulted to get repurposed in a new way. So, that's one thing you got forward, looking forward to. And the other thing is, this allows them to come in and be with us, the, the, the veterans, the people who've been playing the game. They don't have to, I, I don't want to say waste time, with going through all this old content. Instead, they can come in, you know, do the leveling, get used to the mechanics, and now, you know, now they're they're with us. They're caught up with us. And then, when they start bringing stuff back, it'll be like, uh, what was it, Moments of Trial? 
if you were new to the game, say, like, you came in a little bit after um, the Taken King. Well, Moments of Triumph was great because you could play, like, the old goodies and see what you missed, but with a new with a new spin on it. And I feel like, it, it, and that's fair. And um, I, I think, remember what you talked about earlier. Um, you said something that stuck out to me um, about somebody asking about, um, like, it was about, I think, value purchases, like the value of what you're paying for versus value degradation. And um, and even on, on that note, uh, what, did I make a note of what I was going to say about that? Because, cause, oh, it's about getting your money's worth. I think that's what it made me think about. Right. Now, now, I don't want to tell someone else that, hey, you got your money's worth, but I think it is within reason to say two years worth of content is well worth how much you paid for it at the time that you paid for it. Mm -hmm. Because what you see a lot of happening is right now is, I'm going to use my analogy of, I can't believe they discontinued service on the iPhone 1. How dare you? How dare you stop service on the iPhone 1? I don't want the iPhone 6. Yes, I'm about about 10 years too late, but I don't want it. Why? It's not fair. You wouldn't make such a ridiculous argument. And right. I feel like that's fair in Destiny's case. They're not quote-unquote one, they're not even taking it away because they're just saying, hey, we're going to put it in the vault. I mean, Disney does this too. They have the <laughs> Disney vault and they're always ripping stuff out of there like, hey, we're going to put this back on the shelves. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, the Disney vault was a good idea, but everything's digital now. If I want The Lion King, I can just go stream it. Yeah. But again, and my, 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 my ultimate point is I feel like and my word of the day people who are haters or people who just have to have that thing that they want to complain about they're just being a little persnickety about stuff they're finding any little thing to make a dig at something that i believe at this point bungie has shown enough goodwill to say that hey we may not have given you all the details but we've given you what we feel is fair and that people should be okay with this because look at how how it always is. It, we all know the jokes. Oh, vanilla is always bad. And then they release the quote-unquote real game. And I feel like, for me, this is Bungie finally fully leaning into the game that they wanted to make. Because I'm just being honest here. I still think that they still are dealing with the, the stain that Activision left on them. And it always and it's always going to come up, and so it's hard for them because they have to one always justify their monetization. Hey, we made the game free. We want a lot of more players, but when we release these additions, you pay for those, and then the cosmetics and stuff. That's how you know we keep the keep the bills paid. But we can't make the cosmetics too good. If you make the cosmetics too good, people will say you're focusing too much on the Eververse store, right. and then you have that problem. And I feel like they're really doing this juggling act. Some of it, their own problems. But a lot of it is just just community bickering about stuff. And and I don't want to blame the content creators because th that's what they do. You talk about the stuff that's relevant at the time. But right. sometimes their little hot takes just 
you know, they, they find the one hot take that's just, that's the hate I wanted. That's what I needed. And it gets blown up. Right. And, and I feel like it's just a bunch of hoo-ha before it actually gets out. Because like you said earlier, you know exactly what's going to happen. You're going to have those people day one. Oh, yeah, I'm in the game. How do you like it? It sucks. What? what? Yeah, I played it right now. It is just so trash. I can't believe how bad this game is. And it's right. like, but but you just blew through all the content. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I I really, you know, I just like playing the game, but it's so bad. And you're always gonna have those people. And I feel like we should just treat them with disdain and say, ah, oh, okay, move along here. Well, I see. I I I obviously every every appreciates your candor and your passion. I I I tried in the beginning of the video to say this is a difficult subject because people I think are they struggle to see the difference between a good and a service and the fact that destiny is a good and a service hybrid. It's both. It's not just, as you said, it's not just buying the box set. That's a good you're buying something and taking it home and it's yours. It's a difference between that and a service. Netflix is a service. Well, the challenge with destiny is it's a good and a service hybrid. It's both. You're buying destiny, but it's also dependent upon a service and servers and infrastructure running and being, and being, you know, always online. And so I think that's where the breakdown happens is that people really struggle to see it's a unique it's a unique thing that you're buying and because it's a unique thing that you're buying you're you're having I think people are struggling to classify it and so they defend it as if it's a good. It's like no, I bought this. You can't take this away from me and it's like as you said, you can't really come at Netflix and say, now how dare you take thus and so program or movie off? It's like, what do you mean? Like, you, you you were never guaranteed that because you've been paying for Netflix for the last 12 months that everything would stay on there for forever. If you want to keep it for forever, like you said, buy the box set. So, I, I don't want to... I don't want to be too dismissive. I know sometimes we call these people Destiny Karens and, you know, we can be dismissive and as you said, look at them with disdain. I do my best to be empathetic and sympathetic to try to bring them over to be like, listen, your your premise is broken because your premise is starting from a bad a bad definition of of the game. It's not purely a good. It's it's not purely a service. It's both. And because of that, you've got to reevaluate number one your expectations. Like I said, do you do you think that because you bought it, Bungie has to leave the servers up for literally for forever? Can they never restrict your access to the game? Well, no, no one's going to say that. Obviously, eventually the game shuts down in what you know, five years, ten years, whatever. And if and if they don't, if they if they're allowed to restrict your entire access to the game, then that means they can restrict partial access to pieces of it. They can remove planets, and they're in their right to do that. Um, and again, they're protected by their user license agreement. But I didn't want to take that that angle. So I I think you're right. I think there's always a contrarian. There's always a a complainer in the group, and generally I think that's driven by love and passion for the game they're only saying what they're saying and getting wound up because they do enjoy the game I do think there's a lot of hater I call them hater hijackers they just hate everything and they hijack Twitter threads they hijack Reddit they hijack the forums they're just a hater and they want to just hijack and make everything negative and nasty I mean we've always had that experience in chat you know there's a there'll be 800 people here and one or two people are saying dumb stuff in the chat and they're just trying to hijack they're nobody they're they're, you know they're they're just there to uh, to be nasty. So um, 
yeah I appreciate your thoughts I don't know if you have any more but uh, I, I can move on if you don't um yeah uh, I guess this one is more just um uh what's the word I'm looking for uh uh wow an example that someone has used what is it called again oh my god I'm mad that word just blew out of my head a word for anecdote. what there we, oh, there we go anecdote yeah so so I used to play this in MMORPG called Aeon the Tower of Eternity. The game was fun. I loved it. It had PvP and it had like different, a whole bunch of different zones and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so it had these worlds and it and as and, and as the game, the story pushed forward, you know, things would change. Like characters would discover new worlds and they would add new maps. And then one season, the same thing that happened then happened. In that game, they had to get rid of some maps because they wanted to push the story further. And I feel that it wasn't, maybe because it's not as big as Destiny right now, but the community, they had their, oh man, I'm going to miss these zones. But they were, for the most part, they were ready for the next chapter. And I don't know what it is, but I don't know if it's 100% contrarian but I don't know. For some reason, people just—they're—they're always. I think they're always so hesitant to actually move on in the next chapter of Destiny. And I think that you know, but Bungie, like Bungie, has shown that you know they got this. Sure, they could like maybe stop you know fixing things that allow us to have fun so fast. You mm-hmm. know, let us have those bugs for like a, a week or so, and then be like, okay, we fixed it. But for the most part, I think people just need to let let the chapter turn let bungie make the game that they wanted to make so nobody can say oh it was just activision making it bad no they're about to make destiny the game that that game that they hyped y'all up for all those years ago and i think it's that time i this is why one of my token phrases especially recently is always i always tell people to zoom out like when they said that we could change the affinity on armor and I told people to zoom out they were looking at all their masterworked armor and they were like it's going to be ridiculously expensive there was a reddit thread where the guy like added up everything he would need to change the affinity on his armor um and I was like well zoom out here changing affinity on the armor is a long term benefit to the player because in three or four seasons when you get a drop that's got the right stats that you want but it's the wrong affinity it's super cheap to change it at that point in time I mean and what I said at the time was how many of you have completely masterworked all of these armor pieces even though it's the wrong affinity like who are you why would you do that why would you take something all the way up to masterwork level 10 if it's the wrong affinity so at that time I was always saying that like zoom out on this this is a huge benefit to you right now when I was running Prophecy Dungeon I would get drops and I wouldn't have to look at the affinity. Why? I'm just looking for good stats. Once I get three pairs of gauntlets that are all great, I can switch them to one of each affinity and I'm done. Like, it's a great benefit to the player. In a similar vein, taking stuff out, reworking it, making space, evolving the game, taking it forward. It's like zoom out this is being done. It'll it'll net a benefit for you. This is good for you. This is this is good for the game. And if if people zoom out, they'll see I said similar things about sunsetting. You got to zoom out on sunsetting. You're clutching your precious gear that you got in year one, two, maybe even three. Why? Why are you clutching that stuff for forever? Let the game breathe. 
prune that rose bush so it can grow and flourish instead of being so zoomed in on one particular part of it and 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 clutching it to the game's detriment you know you're going to clutch io mercury and mars to the game's detriment and downfall you're going to clutch your your guns that you grinded for you know seven eight nine months ago you're going to clutch those and drag the game under so I'm always using that phrase, man, zoom out, try to get a bigger picture of what's going on because you're, you're doing this. It's like, it's like the phrase cutting off your nose to spite your face. It's like, you're so bent on defending a principle or a dogma that you have. It's like a, like, it's like a religion that they don't see that it's destructive. Um, I mean, this is a word for culture in general right now. Like people get so passionate and dogmatic about stuff that they don't see their dogma is a dogma of destruction, even though it seems so well intended. No, it's a principle. It's the principle of it, Lono. We shouldn't be able to take things out. It's the principle of public accountability. And it's like, no, it's just destructive. It's a destructive dogma of, of, of self self-referential self-centered individualism that you know you the game a game like this cannot be all about you and your and your dogma of principle that they could never remove anything and they can never reuse anything they can never reskin everything uh th- these these really really strong principled dogmatic positions the reason these people are so hard to interact with is they're just they their position is their position i remember when we were talking about sunsetting that guy from reddit showed up and he literally wouldn't listen to anybody it was he was dead set in a hyperbolic total exaggerated state of why you know why sunsetting was awful and it was just like there was no discussing anything with him he was a he was a committed committed radical basically it was like that was his position you're never going to get him to come down from it so those are good thoughts uh gonna gonna move on i appreciate you calling in bird bro no anytime thank you thank you thank you want to give him a chance to say something uh let's see we went cold heart bird bro and i'm coming to you gilly i'm coming to you uh yeah i gotta say so far from what we've seen my concerns about them removing content have consistently gone down with uh, more information as it's been released. Uh, I think Bungie in the beginning kind of shot themselves in the foot or at least left themselves open for lots of criticism by being intentionally vague and miswording what they said, um, especially because of Astacross's video, um, which I think when he said that, he made it very much seem like they're removing these planets to rework them. Um, and bring them and keep them back in. Um, I don't know if that's 100% true. That's just the vibes I got from how he worded it. Um, and I think that also can fit in with what they said of, well, we're going to remove more content down the line and bring that content back. And like, oh, well, they'll remove Forsaken and the Moon and bring it back and work that into the new engine. And then we'll be sitting in this perfect, happy place of all the stuff we want to play. Um, so I, I think this is going to be very good for the game. I think it's going to be a little rough now um, because so much is being removed and there's a lot up in the air, especially with the price and how big Europe is going to be. Is it going to be worth it? Are we going to be satiated? Is there going to be enough content? So I think we should be optimistically cautious, um, but I don't think it's wrong. Um, I think there is also, as you said, the gray area, of, especially when they sold Destiny 2. Uh, and war mind that they didn't sell it under the premise that it was not yours forever and they were going to remove it. I don't know the legality behind it. I don't think it matters because I don't think anyone's going to bother to sue for it. 
So I, I don't think it's wrong. Um, I think we'll get more benefits than what it'll cost. Um, and for the people who are this, who dislike the idea, be cautious and be hopeful that it gets better. There's, it, we can only get good things out of it or we won't have the game anymore. Yeah, I think that's a good word. I think a good question would be, you know, how how good can the game be by staying in its current state, if that's what you're fighting for, right? How good can the game be by staying where it is right now? It, it can. It's that, that, that's, that's called stagnation. So it, the, 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 the question then phrased another way, how good can the game be if they start to push forward and make painful decisions or big decisions or tectonic system-wide changes? Like That is how things get better. You can't get better by just basically staying where we are right now. Leave the planets. Leave everything here. Why? Like, where where can the game go if, if you're constantly fighting for this similar, exact same sentimentality about sunsetting? How can the game get better by leaving everything exactly how it is now? Same gun, same perks, no sunsetting. You know, never prune down, you know, the, the, the gun, the gun pool. And... You know, Bungie hasn't shot their shot yet. Let them shoot their shot. You know, it's one thing to every year, every season, tweak and adjust how much something costs or how much content we get. Like, that's fine. We can debate that, right? We can debate, oh, Forsaken should have cost more or Shadowkeep should have cost less and blah, blah, blah. This is the first time they've ever said, no, this is a whole new approach to, to, to giving you content taking stuff out, you know, reworking it, putting it back in, making things, making more space, making making more uh, substance and more depth, less FOMO, more aspiration. You got to let them shoot their shot. They've never shot a shot like this. Uh, you, know, for, you know, Taken King, Rise of Iron, Forsaken and Shadowkeep all, are all a horse of a different color. They're all a horse of a different color. It's all a horse. One's a red horse, one's a blue horse, right? It's this is a completely different approach. It's a new shot. They're taking a new shot. Let them shoot the shot, and then let's talk. Let's figure out if it worked. Was it good? Did we get net benefit? I mean, just what... Uh, this is them. This is them taking all the food out of the fridge to prepare to make Thanksgiving dinner. Yes, we're not going to have any food in the fridge for a little while, but when Thanksgiving comes, it's going to be a feast. Well, and I was just getting ready to tie in the pricing thing that we looked at. I mean, the, they haven't even talked about that. The pricing structure's changed and is more expensive. You, you're, they're going to have to substantiate that. They're going to have to say, yes, this is more expensive than Shadowkeep and Forsaken. It's because you're getting XYZ more amount, X percentage more loot things area blah 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 like they're gonna they're going to have to substantiate that i don't think they're just going to be able to trot out a 50 dollar price point and have everyone be like oh yeah that's totally normal except we've never spent that much money for a single expansion before yeah Yeah. i mean there is there's some muddied waters with d1 and and content versus price on expansions and, and it being in the game even though you didn't pay for it and it taking file size. I know there's some muddy waters, but I think in D2, they've been pretty accurate with their price versus value. Like the like Forsaken was a lot of, like was a bit more, but we got a lot of content and Shadowkeep was a lot cheaper, but we didn't get as much. So I think so far we're looking good and I and the, the price point hopefully is an indicator of 
we're gonna get a lot yeah yeah i agree i i, I don't i don't want to crank up the 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 hype machine and really get it going but man it's like the more we press in on this and things are kind of rising to the surface the more we analyze a lot of the breadcrumbs it's like there is something big here like i told you guys you know i know you're sick of food analogies i said everything they're talking about director's cuts vid docs information that's coming out what i'm smelling is like oh man this is big they're they're cooking up something massive this is this is not the same type of language and 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 marketing and and discussion and dialogue that they've had in years prior they're they're cooking up something significantly bigger and different um it's like when when my wife is making something new she hasn't made before I can tell. I'm like, oh man. I was like, what are you making? That smells really good, but I, you, I don't think you've made this before. I know because it's like I, I come up every day and I know it's enchiladas, it's barbecue chicken. Like I know what she's making. So it's like in this scenario, I'm smelling new things. It's like you guys are doing something different here. So, you know, let them shoot their yeah. shot. Let them start marketing it. Let's look at what happens today. And then obviously. You guys know me. I'm not going to pull punches. If we get a month into Beyond Light and I'm like, what on earth? This is nothing. This is this is barely Shadow Keep. Then, you know, we'll we'll be disappointed and I, I'll be very concerned about the game's future. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so. Yeah, and I have to say, like, there's only so much they can drag out of the planets we have left. Like, mm-hmm. like what we're seeing now, like the tower events from the planets, that's probably the best we're ever going to get from them again. Like, they're not going to rebuild planets for for seasonal content so there's only so much they can drag out season to season on new planets or on the planets we have without them just reworking them because they're just they weren't ever built for that they were built as one and done and move on so trying to they don't have the space to implement seasonal to seasonal activities like you could see in the tower event even the contact like some of them are just not in good positions to make the content fun to play just right. structure wise so then moving on starting clean i think in the end we'll look back at it and be like this was good and it just kind of sucks now right and i think it's it's really strange for a community to really look back at vanilla d2 and defend any pieces of it is worthy of sticking around like you're saying like there's only so much they can do with these places they're they're built in the old systems they're built it's old infrastructure they're they're dated they're there's a boringness to some of these places and locations. There's a blandness. And so I, I don't I don't think you can look at how bland and flat and, and chintzy D2 vanilla was and try to defend it. Be like, but no, no, no. Leave those areas, planets, missions, adventures. Leave them here. It's like, why? There's, there's only so much elasticity and agility that those places have for innovation and, and, uh, and evolution. So I think that's, yeah, I mean, uh, I that's think another good the point. The only thing worthy of keeping would be the story and maybe leviathan no not not leviathan itself just the first three i think those are really the only two the story missions the campaigns and the very first raid i think they're the only things worthy of keeping everything else no one plays no one goes back to only if you give leviathan a total overhaul of loot with random roll stats and all that as well as like loot, mm-hmm. loot grind like they'd have to completely overhaul the whole dadgum thing because if not it the the, the layers the raid had... was good the loot was not and yeah everything else suffered from that too but yeah i think foundationally that was good enough that if they were to bring it back it would sit good yeah yeah all right well really great I talking to you on time. Yep. yeah gotta move on gotta move on thanks for calling in though mm-hmm 
Uh, I like that we have like this rapport now where I can just pull the plug on somebody like I gotta move on like that I'm in VIP Collins are getting into a really fun groove Mike on the mic I'm coming to you you are next and after that it'll be Rexus what do you uh, have for me today sir you will have to unmute yourself I just unmuted you so if you're here there you go you got me yep all right how you doing today man I'm doing great good 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 so I just want to attack this from like a couple of different angles, right? Mm-hmm. I want to speak to like people's criticism of what's going on, you know, um, the DCV, Sunset and all this stuff, right? Um, people's opinion on why things are being taken away and all of that. And then I want to give like my personal opinion on it, like what I, how I view all of this. So really, I think that mostly it's just coming from a place of like love and admiration right like people when people love something enough they either worship it or claim ownership of it or try to you get what i'm saying so yeah i think that's what this is people love destiny so much that they fuss about sometimes like the smallest things right yes i'm tired of reload perks well honestly it's not really a big deal but i get it you know what i mean it's just Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things um i i think that for the most part because i mean you got these people that really they just get mad just for the 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 point of being mad you know um it's kind of like i forgot the name of the law it's like a law of the universe or something like that for every bad thing there's a good thing or vice versa um i think it's like norton's third law or something like that i can't remember i forgot but anyway it's like a law of the universe for every negative there's a positive or something like that and i think that's what this is too you know you just got a lot of people upset just to be upset Mm -hmm. Um, and whether or not they like the game or love the game doesn't even matter because their opinion usually doesn't matter because it's not a lot of them most of the people that are commenting on this stuff they really really just love the game um and i think that's good i think that's i think that that speaks to the franchise as a whole. Uh, the community here, you know, for my professional, you know, opinion, you know, on gaming and stuff like that, because I've been gaming for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really seen a community like this. Honestly, I haven't. Um, and I, I think that all the comments and all that stuff, it's really, it really just speaks to the overall character and love for this franchise and i think as long as we have this type of energy i think we'll go a long way i think it'll keep going and, you know i think i think overall it's a good thing um as far as like how i'm looking at it mm-hmm. i honestly don't have a problem with it i, I really don't um <sighs> look I, I i understand people buying this stuff and they feel like you know like the mountaintop or Titan or whatever it is, right? People are buying these things and they feel like since they bought it, it's theirs forever, right? Mm-hmm. I I could care less, man. Just because the way I'm looking at it, like if you don't take it away from me, I'm going to use it forever. Like the Vex Mythic class back in Destiny 1. <laughs> Favorite exotic. If right. you did not take that away from me, I was never going to put that thing down. I, I wasn't. I was not mm-hmm. going to put it down. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm coming at it. That's the way I'm coming at this. Like, as long as what you replace it with 
is equal to or greater than, I'm fine, man. I'm cool. It, it It's not that big of a deal. But I understand where people are coming from. They, Some people do go to Titan and just hop around and stuff. You know, the casuals and stuff like that. They, they get off work and they just patrol, right? They're not even doing the contact public event. They're just flying around. Right. You've seen them. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. You know, I, there are people out there that are, that are like that. The vast majority of the players in this community are casual, I think. Um, yeah. The way I'm looking at it, you got the 1%. Then you got like the 10%, which is the hardcores that are like right up under the 1%. And then everybody else is like casual. That's the way I'm looking. I know it's an oversimplification of it, right? But that that's the way I'm looking at it. That's like the hierarchy here. Most people are just casual. So they're just goofing around, doing whatever, having fun, shooting aliens, right? They don't really care. Just as long as the environment's cool, the weapons are cool, they can level up. They see that number going up. They're fine. They don't care. This kind of stuff, we're the ones that are really having this discussion. You know what I mean? And like I was saying a minute ago, as long as we keep this energy, we'll be fine. I think so. I think we'll be fine. Well, and I, th- I think your, your commentary is very similar to things I've said before, that the passion and the anger and the complaints are that they're feathers in Bungie's cap because when people get that angry I was thinking about how angry people get about TV shows they they're they become attached to characters and if you get rid of a character or they do something with the story or the character arc and you get angry you're like that's not what should have happened but it's because you become attached to it it becomes something that you are you know you're very passionate about so as badly and as poorly as uh, as Game of Thrones ended, I, I didn't watch the show, uh, but as, right. as poorly as it ended, you could see how powerful and good the show must have been for people to get that angry. And similarly with Destiny Community, there has to be some sort of special secret sauce here for people to get this wound up about a video game and stuff leaving or guns getting sunset. Right. It's like... I think Bungie is good enough, and I think anybody worth worth their weight that's been in the industry long enough, you would much rather have an angry, engaged player base than a non-existent one. Like I think, oh, yeah. I think an angry player base is an active player base. You, right. you don't you don't get angry if you're not playing and don't care, and you've oh I uninstalled three months ago. Well, then you're not going to go to the <laughs> forums and Reddit's. You know, you're not going to be ranting and raving. So I, I think that's a good mantra for a lot of game companies to take on, especially if they're in a community manager position. It's like an angry player base is an engaged player base. Obviously, you don't want them to stay angry, but I do think what happens with Destiny, especially, is there's almost like a rotating door of of uh, of who's who's the angry party right now? You know the PvP and the trials car. You know crew. They right. get angry about stuff, and then all oh, the PV the PVE the casuals, and then all the the hardcores. Like we all kind of take turns being more angry than the others, and then we you know, and then all of a sudden we start to get satiated and we're enjoying stuff and we calm down again. And so I think it's it's like you take people right to the edge. And then you bring them back with new content and they're, you know, they're able to dive back in. And why else would people get so angry and passionate and complain and then buy the DLC, buy the season and jump right back in, you know? You're right. You're right. And I I just want to echo what you just said. Like people do get really attached to things and, you know, they, they, 
it's like people are scared of change also so when something changes since they really can't really put their finger on whether it's going to be good or bad they're just against it altogether you know right it, it, it's kind of like the if it's if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of thing you know what i mean um so i get that too because trust me i feel a certain kind of way about robert pattinson being batman like i really do and it's oh. not him as an actor uh-huh. right it's just the fact that they've they, they keep changing all this stuff like the dceu is just I, yeah i'll wait to talk to you about that on your uh on your other show Anyway. Yeah, yeah, we could debate that yeah. on re- repeat theater because I'm, oh, in, man, I'm, in, I'm in I'm in Pattinson's oh, corner. I'm in pa- as as someone whose wife likes Twilight and I don't. I'm in oh, his man. corner. I'm like, kill it, bro, kill it. He has the chop. <laughs> he, he has the chops, you know. So that'll that'll okay, be a fun okay. that'll be a that'll be a fun debate for you to lose. Yeah, I can't wait. To, I can't wait. To, I cannot wait to tear people up in there. Oh man, oh my god. <laughs> but be, um, yeah, I I I really I mostly. I, I know that all this stuff is all this fuss and this stuff that we're doing. I know it's coming from a place of like admiration and love. And we all want to see Destiny do better. I know that's I know that's what it is. You know, for the most part. Of course, yeah. you got the Karens and the Whiners, all of that. Mm-hmm. But we don't got to speak about them. All right. Well, thanks for calling, and I'm gonna move on to Rexus. Appreciate you, Mike. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, that was a good talk. Always remember, guys, re- uh, remute yourself. Coming to you, Rexus. What do you got for me today, Swiss all right. sir? First, first of all, uh, for every D&D player out there, a female dragonborn paladin with a noble background is the ultimate switch. She can be the knight, the uh-huh. princess, or the dragon, as circumstances require. Okay. Yeah, about 10% of your audience maybe got that. <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean or what you're saying. I, I'm hearing like a high-pitched noise. <laughs> oh, I thought that was my normal voice. <laughs> the high-pitched thing. <laughs> What's your point, you, you, you Swiss-German person? What's your point? I'm a nerd. That's my point. Okay. No, uh, my real point would be um, I need to give some pushback for something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not drunk, Avenger. Uh I'm never drunk. Uh, I need to give some pushback regarding um, games as a service in general. Okay. Bungie does it well so far. But in general, I do have a fear that this might become the standard. The industry standard. It might cause uh, publishers and uh, developers to say... We'll give them this as a service, and whenever we want, we yank it back. Okay. That's it. And Bungie doesn't do it predatory, at least not so far. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they ever will, but it leaves the option open, and I don't like that. It worries me to a part. It, okay. Games as a service have functioned for a long time, but they need to be the right game to be used as a service and what i honestly would like to see is whenever a game that is used as a service or rather is that that is half a product basically and half service that when they shut down the service that they at least give you the option to put the service up yourself for yourself so 
For okay. example, for example, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I played Need for Speed World, and I loved it. It was awful. It was pay to win, and I barely got anywhere. But it looked cool, and I had my fun. But then they shut down the service, and all was gone. And I tried to get to get ideas online, and there were floating around some source codes for the server side, which you would have to emulate for yourself, and then log on to there yourself. Mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of half over EA stuff, but not really. And it's an absolute mess. And I couldn't get it to run. And I honestly wish that if you shut it down, give us the option to keep playing it. Yeah. Well, we bought I want... it. Yeah. I want to say I want to say two things because so you got you kind of have two uh, two. Yeah plates you're spinning here one plate is the idea that you're concerned that this has become a standard and that you know companies will you know take advantage or be predatory you know you're saying Bungie's not but it could become a problem i remember when anthem wasn't out yet and the microtransaction store leaked and everyone freaked out about the prices and went crazy and i essentially said there's a natural limiting concept within every game that you can't go too crazy because you need money and money only comes from an engaged player base and so i wasn't concerned about the microtransactions in anthem obviously what killed anthem wasn't microtransaction pricing the pricing came out and was actually totally fine it was the complete and utter lack of an end game I think in games like Destiny, there is a sort of natural limiting concept well in place that you cannot take stuff out without putting good stuff back in because you need an engaged player base to buy and spend money and buy the new content. So if they come in and they tick us all off and they yank everything out and they put a bunch of junk in or they're it's predatory and they're they're barely giving us a good value transmission, well, they're going to murder their consumer base and then subsequently murder their revenue streams. So I don't necessarily think this would become a a dangerous standard or a, or a, or a dangerous precedent to set because if the content and the value is not there, people start to walk away. I mean, when Call of Duty started making significant changes that the veterans disliked and the core audience disliked, they saw, you know, four or five years of decrease in sales and they saw people leave the game. There is a natural sort of intrinsic barrier. This doesn't work. Now, I know people are going to cite extreme examples of like predatory uh, microtransactions, but my pushback is always when you look at those games, there's a there's a willing consumer base buying those buying those card packs, those sports card packs. It's like there's a willing consumer base. So I don't think you're going to develop a willing consumer base in games like this, where we're getting barely any substance, and they just keep yanking stuff out of the game, and they're being real chintzy and real stingy. It's like these games live and die on content. Like they don't. This game, these games don't work without good content. They simply don't. It's like, what are people going to be doing? What are people going to be playing? So. I think these game types, in particular, sort of live service MMO, grindy, looter shooter style games, you know, whatever classification you want to give to Destiny, these games will never survive long term if they start to do what you're concerned about. I think you would you would just you would murder and lose your player base and subsequently your revenue streams. So. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm I'm not thinking that they will survive, but when if they do that, 
and they have the ability to do that at some point it will become more and more it, it'll become more and more spread in the uh, in the gaming genre and if you get then publishers that uh, don't really give a frick about their player base anymore look at Fallout 76 I'm honestly just waiting for them to shut down the servers at some point and say goodbye uh didn't they, I, thought they, I thought they did really good. I thought they turned that game around a little bit. Didn't they do good things for that game? By the way, guys, if you can uh, hear me right now, we're going to watch the Gamescom reveal here. You don't have to leave. Stay here. We're allowed to co-stream it. I thought they turned it around and made a lot of great changes. Uh, st- still, they first just checked how far can they go, and I'd prefer not for that check to constantly be around like, oh, how far can we go? Oh, let's push it a little further. Um, it's pay to win now as people yeah it is you can you can but they said for they first said yo you can't but uh we will have an in-game shop only for cosmetics and then some months later they just said all right now you can you can buy for real world money stuff that you that actually alters gameplay there you go we lied jeepers yeah yeah but I mean, it, it, I guess the question would be: You've now have an you have you now have an anecdotal case of where it's gone it's gone awry. Okay, the question would be: Is that profitable? And do you think they would replicate it, or has it been a bit of a, a, a has it been a bit of a bumble? You know, it, I don't I, know. It went really, really badly, but I'm pretty sure they got enough money out of it to say, yeah, we could do that again. Hmm. Otherwise, they would have toned down the things with the uh, with the pay-to-win stuff. Otherwise, they would have toned that down. And I'm just worried that it could get worse. And I don't want it to get worse. Destiny is a fantastic example. Fallout 76 is an awful example. Right, and I feel and like... I know there, are, there is room for both, but... Mm-hmm. I'm just worried that it might get more slanted towards the bad side. Well, and I feel like I've had this discussion and argument before with people who they don't want to support uh, No Man's Sky because they don't want that to become the industry standard of shipping crap and fixing it later. And I'm like, I, I don't think any any developer or publisher is going to develop that as their business strategy like all right guys i got it look at no man's sky let's ship garbage and then fix it later I, because that's so laden with risk i mean your game can literally tank and you lose money and you're in a financial bad situation if you do that i don't think that'll become the industry standard that let's just ship junk and fix it later and same way here I don't think it'll become a standard that this will become an abusive sort of predatory live service. Ah, oh, yeah, it just kind of takes stuff out as a thin. I don't, I don't think it'll become an industry standard. If it does, then obviously you can't put the genie back in the bottle, but you need that willing consumer base. You need that engaged player base, and if you don't have it, it, won't, it doesn't work. You lose money. Yeah, but you can make it predatory and just go for the whales. Which is right. I mean, in the mobile industry, it has become a standard that you just go full on whale fishing. Sure. Yes. Yes. Definitely, that is one hundred percent true. And it's but a I, matter of time until it bleeds over. 
I wonder though if game type and genre is why they've gotten away with that. They're chintzy little bejeweled games, Candy Crush games. Like they're not games that only live on substance. Like games like Destiny can't go that route. Like I, I, I think we even saw that in year three. There was a fundamental breakdown of more engaged, more hardcore players were like, there is no substance. There is no aspiration. What am I playing here? Light Leap's touched on this. It feels like the game's becoming a mobile game. Why I don't think that's the end game here. Why I don't think that's our destination in the industry or in Destiny is because this genre doesn't thrive in in the way that a Candy Crush can thrive because the actual game itself requires and necessitates depth and breadth. And so I honestly think if you look at the the games out on the horizon that are the, you know that are trying to be built, whether it's Avengers or Outriders or any of the other ones we're hearing rumored, I feel like there we're actually headed into the era of the big live service you know grindy era. I think is actually on the way. I don't think we're going to go to a thinning out of live service games that just try to predatory microtransaction store squeeze us. Um, I think these are valid concerns and worries, but I think I'm less concerned given some of the trends we're already seeing in the industry with games like this becoming more popular. And when they don't survive, what's the reason? Look at Anthem and you know, you can't launch a game like that without depth. They had microtransactions, they regularly updated that vanity store, and the lack of depth in Endgame, that game basically died, and is they're going to try and bring it back to life. So I think the industry and developers and publishers have a perfect test case in Anthem of how, if this is the audience you're targeting, if this is the game type you're trying to build, it doesn't work if you try and, like, mobile gamification it, and there's nothing, there's no depth, there's no substance, because Anthem fell flat on its face. And I think that's, again, a natural protection here that we're not all going to be playing, you know, the the semblance of Candy Crush in five or six years because because this this sort of uh, format takes over, you know? I honestly re- very much hope so. It's, as I said, it, I, I'd say it is somewhat of a valid fear. It's, I'm, I'm pretty good, though, at, um, see, like, expecting the worst. Yeah, yeah. So I understand. I think it's I think it's valid, but I uh, I think there's enough to look at to push back on it. So I gotta call it there. We want to get ready yep. for the Gamescom stream. So thanks for calling in, Rex. I always I think appreciate. It's so. Yeah, I always appreciate your perspective, dude. Thank you. Well then, see you around. Yep. If you guys are here right now and you can hear me or see me, we're watching the Gamescom deep dive into stasis together. You don't have to leave to watch it. I'll obviously turn my mic and camera off so you can just enjoy it in a smaller chat that's a little bit more controlled. So stick around for that, please. If you're here and you've enjoyed the show, you're like, man, that VIP call-in was pretty cool. You can do it too. You can call in and talk to me. Use the memberships here on YouTube. Click the join button. And then pick VIP, or you can use Patreon if you prefer. You can go to sntrpresents.com in order to become a VIP patron. If you're listening to this as an audio podcast later, or a VOD, or or upload on YouTube, thank you so much for doing that. You can always head to saynotorage.com, click subscribe and the bell button. That helps me out, as well as the like button. So if you're here right now in the live audience, those are three things you can do for free that helps me out immensely. Click subscribe, then the bell, then the like button. All right. if you're listening to this content elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe.